It's time for the Mean Streets Podcast, presented by Full Moon Barbecue. For the only podcast with an inside look at Crimson Tide basketball all season long, turn to the Mean Streets. Britton Johnson and William Galloway take you from tip to buzzer with complete coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Here's your host, William Galloway. Welcome into another episode of the Mean Streets Podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, joined with Britton Johnson. After a fantastic 2-0 week, Alabama sitting at 19-10 overall, 9-7 in conference play. And this is the final two games of the regular season. I want to welcome in Britton now. Britton, how are you doing? You got that start yesterday. I want to hear all about that. But first, bring us up to speed uh, on how your week was. Yeah, I mean, a great week of basketball for the team. Yeah, I really feel like we are starting to to really kind of peak at the right time with them. I mean, and, and we've won five of six. I just feel like we're really starting to play good ball. So it's really exciting to uh, kind of feel that March is coming. I mean, it's two days away. And shoot, by the time it's come out, it'll be one day away. And uh, yeah, just to know that we're kind of starting to see the full potential of this team a little bit. Certainly trending in the right direction at the right time. Not all programs in college basketball can say that. Um, but one thing that is great is the success of having a 2-0 and week. That hasn't happened every week we've done this podcast. But as I mentioned, 19-10 and overall, 9-7 and in conference play, uh, locking in that at least 500 record in conference play after what was kind of a rocky start. Uh, Britton, but let's go ahead and rewind the tape a little bit. This past week, a 74 to 72 win at Vanderbilt, a game that probably we could have won by a lot more than two points. And then a 19 point win, 90 to 71 over South Carolina on Saturday. Take us back to Nashville on Tuesday night and what was I might call a struggle win, a two point win versus a very good Vanderbilt team. But I think we were favored uh, by more than two points, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, it, the final four minutes made the game I mean it was legitimately a lot closer than it was you know for the majority of at least the second half uh I thought we played a pretty strong game I mean most Alabama fans that have been around longer than the Nate Oates uh tenure can really attest to how hard it is to win in Memorial uh that has been a gem in which Alabama's traditionally really struggled in uh luckily during my four years uh I've been three and oh in that gym now so uh, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say as an Alabama player, knowing the way that we have struggled in that gym really over the past couple of decades. Um, obviously, like you said, Vanderbilt is a great program. I mean, they're really trending in the right direction uh, year over year, just getting better every year. Scotty Pippen, uh, I think every single Alabama fan probably hated him by the end of the game, but he is a phenomenal talent. Really, he's a pro. Like, he just plays a pro-style, pro-level uh basketball and so it's really uh it was a tough matchup for us you know they play a very deep uh rotation and so you got to know a lot of guys and and they run really good stuff I mean uh Jerry Stackhouse is a great coach and he uh he runs a lot of NBA concepts and he he runs just probably a hundred different sets and his players know those sets well and, and run them well and so uh it was definitely a tough challenge for us and I didn't think we came out uh I thought we were playing hard in the first half, but we just were turning the ball over way too much. We were playing kind of sloppy basketball in that first half. Uh, 
coming out of the locker room, I thought we really hit our stride early in the second half. Uh, you know, shout out to the Alabama fans that were there. It was probably a 50-50 split. Uh, so it was a very fun environment to be in. And, you know, JQ really got it going in the second half. I believe he scored 17 in that second half. Uh, really just, I think he keyed our whole run and we started to hit some shots. Everything kind of started to go in our favor. And then the last four minutes, uh, this team in the past few weeks has, has had a tendency of letting leads shrink a little quicker than we'd like. And uh, instead of maybe extending them and, uh, yeah, I think this past game was a little too close for my liking in the end, you know, ended up being a one possession game. Uh, they got a lot of free throws in the last four minutes. We were fouling them a lot, but, uh, but yeah, pulled out the win. And ultimately that's all that matters. You talked about Javon Quinterly. He did not get the start in that game versus Vanderbilt, but he responded extremely well. Talk about his poise and his approach in that game. All those second half points uh, ended up leading the team with 19 total. But what did you see in him that kind of made him tick one way or the other to just have an exceptional game um, this past week in Nashville? Yeah, I mean, his energy was phenomenal from from the jump. You know, I think he only scored two or three points in that first half. Um, but his defensive energy really was was great for us as, from the second he checked into that game. Um, and I can say that for the majority of the guys in that game. I thought we really played hard and were about the right stuff. And, you know, you, if you're going to turn the ball over in spurts, you're not going to play perfect basketball. But I think over the course of 40 minutes, you ultimately will get on a run if you just focus on being about the right stuff. And, and, and Q was great for us. Uh, you know, I think after the game, he posted the picture of uh, it's like the it's the I don't know the drawing of the dude sitting up in his chair while he's playing video games. As if it's like it's time to lock in the sitting uh, up meme. Yeah, that. you better pay attention. Yeah, I love that because you know, like we were just saying, it is basically March now, and you can kind of see this switch uh that's been flipped in his head. That's like okay, it's it's time, and everybody remembers uh, March JQ from last year, so. I was going to uh, say SEC tournament JQ was a different animal, and I think an Alabama basketball player uh, that the program hasn't seen in probably my lifetime, so well over 20 years. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's so great, uh, you know, we talk about the law of averages a lot on this show, and I'm sure everyone's really tired of it at this point. JQ has had a really rough shooting year. He'd be the first person to tell you that. I mean, just from a number standpoint, he is – not shooting the percentage that we know he is capable of. I mean, he's probably shooting about half the percentage. You know, it was at the low 20s at one point. But he, the last few games, has really started to uh, make shots like we know he is capable of, and uh, that's that's dangerous. So it's, it's just really fun to kind of see him get it going and just kind of get his swagger back a little bit. And, and what we know about him as well is that uh, he and Shaq, have just grown in a phenomenal way on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, I, I think Alabama fans probably remember freshman year Shaq and, you know, hit the biggest knock on him. He, he was always built to score the ball, but he was a bit of a defensive liability that year. I mean, we weren't a great defensive team at all, so it wasn't just like a one-person issue, but it was something where we knew that – he knew that that was the biggest area of improvement for him that he'd need to make if he was going to be a great college basketball player. and year over year he's just gotten so much better every single year uh last year he was really good for us and this year he is one of our defensive leaders and so same can be said for jq his when he is locked in on the defensive end and his ball pressure is great i mean 
he's a pest. Like, I I would not want to have to deal with that. He is he's a really good on ball defender, and um, so I, I love when he is locked in on that end. I think a lot of times things just start going right for him on the other end. So uh, I I just feel like we're really starting to hit our stride as a team, and it's kind of it's exciting. It's really exciting. I was going to say, Jake, you went from not starting in that game to then being a starter on senior day. You were a starter as well. So, Britton, let's go ahead and jump to South Carolina, the 90-71 to 71 win on Saturday. Talk to me about the conversation you had with Coach Oates as you and Tyler both got the start alongside Jimmy Basketball, Keon, and JQ. How did that all come about that you were able to start? And tell me about that conversation you had with Coach. Yeah, it was uh... – Film the morning before the game, so that Friday, uh, coach came in and you know was he, he told the team that you know we're going with the five guys that basically are seniors. Tyler and I didn't get honored this year for senior day because we were honored last year, but basically the five outgoing seniors. Um, and so it, it was pretty matter of fact in his announcement, but it was it's a really cool honor, uh, you know, to, to be able to start for a game. I think Team and I can both say that and just to have a coaching staff that uh, loves us and trusts us enough to go out there and, and, you know, honor us in this way, but also trust us to like play well in that spot. And, uh, you know, we're not just going to put our team in a 10 point hole and then we'll put the actual players in and then we'll figure it out from there. Um, You know, I told him that our biggest thing is we're winning that first four and that was our mindset going into it. Uh, that we're going to get stops and we're going to win that first four minutes. And so to be able to, you know, deliver on that and get a lot of stops, and I think we won 12 to five in that first four-minute stretch, uh, was was a great feeling. Uh, so I thought uh, from there we had a, just a phenomenal first half. I mean, I think that half was probably one of the best halves we played all year. We were at 50 to 27 at halftime. Um, we relaxed a little bit in the second half. It got a little closer than – I think most Alabama fans would like, but then uh, put it away again and, and brought it, got it back at over 20, 25 points. So um, I thought that was one of our most complete games. I think it's just another step in the right direction. And there are definitely things that we're still needing to work on and improve on. But, you know, coming into this week, uh, like I said last week, this week was going to be a huge test of our toughness. And, and this can be said for the upcoming two games as well. Uh, but how far we've come in terms of being a tough team, because that's been something that has been questioned about this team really throughout the year. And then especially after certain losses and certain games in which we didn't perform great, but to come out on top in both these games, I thought we kind of, to be honest, I thought we kind of took it to South Carolina, who is uh, a team that takes it to everybody else. So it's a really great feeling to, uh, be able to say that you did that and um, that you brought the fight and that, you know, we were able to secure the win on senior day. It's, it's uh, something that I'm pretty proud of. And it's huge for the SEC standings, too, because South Carolina is a team that was kind of neck and neck with Alabama. So to get that head-to-head win over South Carolina, should there be a tie at the end of this week, is going to be big as well. Britton, uh, as your friend and as your co-host, I've got to ask you the tough question of the day, man. Uh, we talk about the law of averages all the time, but your shooting percentage um, is kind of doing the opposite of the gas prices right now. Gas prices are going up and your shooting percentage went down. How are you going to get your swagger back the next time you're able to shoot a three? 
Well, I don't know that my swagger's left. The shots just haven't gone in. So my whole approach, I think everybody that watched that game yesterday, they know that I'm not afraid to shoot the ball. Um, and, you know, I don't do it because I'm a selfish player. That's never my aim. Um, it's because I'm very confident that I can make it. I think luckily I have a great set of teammates that are, are very confident in my ability to make it. Uh, those shots, you know, I, I, they told me from the outset they're going to try to feed me yesterday. Um, and so I was, I was hoping that I could have uh, uh, made one, but, you know, unluckily none of them fell. But, you know, Galloway, the only way that I can make the percentage go up is by keep shooting. Yeah, if I, if I stop shooting, the percentage is going to stay where it's at. So the good it's news that is Dion missing. It's the Dion Waiters quote that I tweeted today that you didn't actually say, but Dion said, and it's like I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because if I went 0 for 9, that means I stopped shooting. Yeah, I mean, so, for sure. I, 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 the, the percentage isn't great right now. You know, in the past seasons, I've shot better uh, percentage-wise. It's all small sample sizes. I shot seven threes a game in high school. So it's not like I get that opportunity this year to kind of miss a couple, settle into the flow of the game. But, you know, the thing is, if I miss one, the percentage might go down one. If I make one, the percentage just about doubles. So I have nothing to lose at this point. I'm just going to keep firing if I get the opportunity. And obviously, I'm not trying to take bad shots. But, I mean, in the last two minutes, I, the last two minutes of a blowout, I don't think there's any no, you, rules you trust yourself. You take. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that will lead us to our mailbag question. But first, before I get to one of our mailbag questions, I want to get to the number of the episode. So the number is 21. You wear uniform number 21, and you've also had 21 minutes now after having six minutes versus South Carolina on Saturday, you have 21 minutes on the year. If anybody else would like to know all of Britain's stats, I would invite you to go to RollTide.com. I will not read those off right now. But um, in those last two minutes, that brings us to our mailbag question from Brian Passink. How mad was Frank Martin when NATO put his starters back into the game when we were up 20 with two minutes left? You know, I've heard of coaches that have gotten madder. So I think he was okay with it. Um, but I didn't really hear any complaints. Usually what happens is coach will call a timeout and he'll keep it running, if that makes any sense. So he won't actually take the timeout, but he'll just get take the timeout to get the subs in and then just keep playing. But because there hadn't been a media timeout yet, he took that timeout and it took it to the media timeout. So it, it, it made what would have been a zero-minute pause to a – about a four or five minute pause. That was kind of funny, but, but yeah, I, I didn't yeah, really just, hear anything negative. I just want to make sure we, we weren't going to have any Juwan Howard type uh, situation in Coleman Coliseum. I think Brian wanted the same because he didn't want to lose his, his courtside seat, but you know, it was the starters coming back into the game with two minutes left up 20 uh, as you and Tyler made your way back in Tyler pulled that three. Um, did Adam shoot a three? I thought he did. He should have, but he didn't. He should have. Yeah, I think he ended he passed up passing one up. it up. Um, he did get Tyler the open look. I'll credit him with that. But I told him it's kind of my policy in the last two minutes of a of a blowout. There are no bad shots. In the flow of a game, absolutely there are. But when you're in the last two minutes, like what's the worst that's gonna happen? You take a really bad shot and air ball, like no one's gonna get mad at you. Like so it, it's your job to shoot it, uh and, and hopefully you'll make one. So uh that's kind let of the it fly, policy baby. of that's the walk on policy of late game threes. Um there are no bad shots. So can uh, I get that, Adam. like, scripted on a T-shirt or something? There are no bad shots. And then, like, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk in the last two minutes of a game if you're a walk-on. Maybe, maybe not. Up 25, um, yeah. 
maybe. Quote Britton Johnson, print the shirts, Mean Streets logo presented by Full Moon Barbecue. Uh, Britton, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into this week. So that was really cool. Thank you for sharing your experience about what it was like to start that conversation, um, those six minutes of playing time. And uh, thank you, Winston Smith, for asking about shooting. Thank you, Brian Passing, for asking about Frank Martin. Um, you know, want to give a shout out to Brian and Chris as well on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Um, Britton, let's go to this week. Obviously, wrapping up the regular season, a lot of things to kind of look at, and we don't have to necessarily get into the weeds, but Wednesday versus Texas A&M, 6 p.m. on the SEC Network. Uh, the big preview there is that Red Panda will be performing at halftime after a slew of um, halftime shows that haven't been as exciting as anything that the Red Panda brings. The Red Panda makes a return to Tuscaloosa, so that's going to be electric on Wednesday. Uh, Saturday at LSU, 11 a.m. tip time. That'll be on CBS, televised on CBS. Uh, that will close out the SEC and the regular season. So tell me about this week and what's got to come out of these two games. Yeah, two very interesting matchups. Obviously, I'm really broken up about the fact that I can't watch the Red Panda uh, do her thing. But uh, two very interesting matchups for us. Texas A&M is a very good team in this conference, and uh, we haven't gotten to scout just them. We haven't gotten to scout them a ton yet, just because today's an off day and tomorrow's kind of our day one of getting into the scout. But they play a very unique brand of basketball in terms of the way that they pressure and play defense and. You know, Coach Buzz Williams is just a, a very good coach in this conference. Uh, I remember when Texas A&M hired him away from Virginia Tech, and that was a big steal for them. So he's still building that uh, program up. And uh, like I said, they just play a very unique and fun brand of basketball. So it should be a very up-tempo game in terms of, you know, they're going to try to press and pressure us. And so uh, if you're going to try to make Alabama play any faster, that's a, a dangerous wish. But it'll be a very fun game nonetheless. Um, and then on Saturday, LSU, we played them earlier in the year. Um, very, very good defensive team. They switch everything defensively. So it's kind of a – it's an interesting scout from that standpoint. And then, uh, yeah, they have a, a few just phenomenal players. We didn't get to play Xavier Pinson the first time, but he's a, he's a great guard for them. And then uh, Eason has just been phenomenal for them this year, along with Darius Days. And, uh, shoot, they got, a, they got a full roster. So – uh, that'll be a great matchup for us. Uh, obviously, Will Wade does a phenomenal job with them. And once again, they're going to be a competitive team come SEC tournament. So that'll be a big game for us. I think we're out of the top four seeds in terms of we can't even uh, get there at this point because of just the way the uh, top four teams ended up winning their games this week. But uh, that said, the number five seed is right there for us. So a big opportunity for us to kind of secure that and put us in a good place to hopefully go into Tampa and, and do some damage. I'm really excited. And next week we're going to have a full breakdown of the SEC tournament, but with a lot to look at closing out these last two weeks. I haven't seen exactly right now. I don't have the standings in front of me, but I think a lot of teams could fall in a lot of places when it comes to the, the five through nine, really maybe even five through 11. Um, I feel like our top four and bottom four are pretty solidified, but that middle part of the sandwich really could uh, – could see some turnover depending on how games go. So all you got to do is really take care of business. Um, one thing I'll, I'm really excited about this week is breakfast on the Bayou, 11 a.m. at LSU. You've talked about on pot, past podcasts before um, about how 
big this game is, not just for Alabama, but for LSU, because that's a team that y'all were able to take care of. You really embarrassed last year um, at the PMAC just based off of the shooting percentages. I mean, Alabama, we shot the lights out at that game and then winning the SEC championship. So that's something I feel like it's going to have a little bit extra juice um, behind them. But what's the most important part for Alabama to finish strong in that game specifically? Yeah, I mean, that'll be a great challenge for us. Uh, I think the main thing will just kind of be staying locked in. And uh, we're going to have to play very well to get a win there. Early game on a Saturday, sometimes those are the toughest ones to play to kind of get up for. Uh, Not in terms of the level of the challenge, but just in terms of physically being able to, like, get up and be ready to go. Luckily, we practice in the morning, so hopefully that will give us a little bit of an advantage in that setting. But uh, we know LSU's got a lot to play for. We know we have a lot to play for at this point in the year. So it'll be a great chance for us to get a quad one win. Um, and I, just staying locked in because you know, there's a chance that our seeding for the SEC tournament is locked in at that point. But just making sure that we are fully invested in that game, which I, I think we will be. I don't think there'll be any challenges with that is the biggest thing. Uh, and outside of that, you know, it'd be nice to see a couple shots fall and, and us play the defense that we know we're capable of. Uh, like I said, I think we're really starting to hit our stride. So we just got to stay focused and just try to keep getting better every single game. All right, Britton, I don't know if you saw this today, but John Rothstein is starting to tweet out the conference tournament brackets as some start as early as this week. I know Bucky and Sanford will head up to Asheville, North Carolina. Sanford secured the three seed. Um but the West Coast Conference, I don't know. I had never seen it before, really paid much attention. Obviously, Gonzaga's dominated that for years and years on in there. But did you see that the Zags have a – I think it looks like a three-round bye, and they start playing in the semifinals of their tournament. Meanwhile, you've got teams playing three games just to get the opportunity to play in the semifinals. Yeah, that was a that was a goofy setup. I. I've heard both sides of the argument or, you know, you know, kind of both sides of this argument of like, Oh, is it a good bracket? Is it a bad bracket? I, I first saw it. I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Uh, there are some people that, you know, because you gotta remember, obviously Gonzaga's turned themselves into a year in year out, not just tournament team, but high seed in the tournament. Uh, but a conference like the West coast conference generally is an automatic one bid conference league. Uh, so there's the argument that, you know, if you have a really good regular season, there should be a major advantage for you in the conference tournament in a league like that. And I, in part, definitely understand that, but at the same time, like if you're the five seed and you have to play like four games to win your conference tournament, that's, that's a lot of games in terms of, and knowing that Gonzaga wants to play two, like that, that comparison is weird. If you were, a nine seed that was riddled with injuries. You have to win like eight games to be able to get there. Uh, not actually, I think you have to win like six, but it's just, that's a lot of games. So um, it's a really, yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say. It's, it's a very ridiculous bracket. And it, it's kind of a obvious looking at that bracket, why Gonzaga has had so much success and why they've been that one team out of that conference. Obviously we're not here to discuss that. That's a team that, Alabama was able to find a lot of success against in and y'all were able to go on the road in what was technically a neutral site game and beat Gonzaga. Um, 
I, I just think that the setup is so wacky. And you look at another 10 conference um, league like the SOCON and they do it with one less round um, or at least one less buy round. I don't know if that'd be one less round total or whatever. Um, but anyways, it's, it's different for everybody and every league's got to make it work somehow. Um, so more power to him, I guess. Can we talk about just the crazy day that was yesterday in college basketball? I mean, I know we covered our game, but that that got me just so excited as even just as a fan for for March Madness and, and how great that's going to be. Um, you know, the top six teams all losing their games. I think eight of the top ten losing yesterday. Um, just an unbelievable day of college basketball. It's like March is here. I mean, if if you're a fan of college basketball and you didn't get at least a little excited, maybe for an Auburn fan, you didn't get much excited, much excitement out of that game. But, uh, you know, in general, if you're a college basketball fan, just kind of watching all these games and just see chaos erupt, uh, how could you not get excited for, you know, what is to come in the next couple of weeks in terms of uh, conference tournament weekend, uh, which, like you said, is really going to be the next two weekends, uh, followed by March Madness. I mean, it's it's here. It's, it's here. So it's really it is exciting. here. And so I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled it up on CBS's website. Number four, Purdue loss. Number six, Kentucky loss. Number three, Auburn loss. And some of these are to rank teams. I mean, number 17, Tennessee beat number three, Auburn. Number 18, Arkansas beat number six, Kentucky. Um, I'm not even looking at that UCLA score. That doesn't count. Oregon State yeah, is I mean, not a good Gonzaga team. Gonzaga lost. Uh, yeah. Arizona lost. I mean, the, literally the top six teams in the country all lost yesterday. So it's like, do, it, can you even move anybody in the rankings? Do you just keep the same action? I don't know. Everybody maybe lost? shift them all back one, you know? I mean, that your seven seeds you not going to jump like, to Duke. one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, like, so. It, that was – it was just chaos. I think they all lost on the road, which is, you know, definitely a, some, an asterisk to put in there. Um, but even so, like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that happen. I mean, I, I'm sure that some ESPN – Post has already come out about how it's a historic day and how probably that's never happened before. I just can't imagine that all six teams losing has ever happened before in college basketball. And that's just one like day. you said, that's just going to be a taste of what the tournament is going to be like. Um, and if you have a dog or a cat or some type of pet that you love, ask them to help you make your bracket. Because if stuff like what happens yesterday happens in March Madness, your bracket's going to be out the window after that first set of four games on that Thursday, um, it's going to be ridiculous. I'm really excited. I'm really counting down the days. And I don't know about you, Britton, but I have this kind of – this time of year in in my mind is is sitting on the couch eating frozen thin mints. I bought two uh, packs today when I was grocery shopping um, from some Girl Scouts that kind of cornered me and said, hey, will you buy some Girl Scouts and I was uh, Girl Scout cookies? And I was like, I mean, yeah, twist my arm. So I bought two boxes of Thin Mints. You eat those, you watch your conference tournament, you save another box for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and magic happens. I'm so excited. Yeah, obviously, I can't make a bracket anymore uh, due to me being in the tournament. It's a nice thing to be able to say. Uh, you know, it's a nice – it's great to be an Alabama fan right now. And, you know, I've, I've heard different people say that this is a down year after last year, which – you know, obviously we haven't had the same regular season success within the conference that our team last year did, but to be a, I think every projection has us between a four and a six seed. Like we're firmly in the tournament as a good seed. Uh, it's a great time to be an Alabama basketball fan from that standpoint. I think it's going to be the first time we make back-to-back NCAA 
tournaments in about 15, 16 years. So uh, really exciting time. And, you know, like you said, this is about the time that when I was in middle school or high school, I used to, you'll probably laugh at me when I say this, I actually had a binder. I would get a binder every year and fill it with all these numbers and analytics and rankings for college basketball so I could make my bracket. Ultimately, it didn't really help me. I usually got a couple of upsets, right? Without, you know, that's, yeah, I remember when I picked Hawaii. I remember when I picked Stephen F. Austin. I, some of those you, you really hold on to and remember. But I used to dive all the way into those analytics, and, uh, and that would definitely inform some of my decision-making my brackets. But I at least like to Did you ever win a bracket challenge growing up? So not to not to brag on myself too much, but I usually place pretty well. I mean, ultimately, to win the bracket challenge, you have to pretty much pick the right team to win the whole thing because the, those last rounds count way more than the other ones. But uh, I, you know, my my dad had an office pool that he would always do, and like I remember being six years old and winning it, and like all of his coworkers just hating me, hating the six year old that won the whole thing, and. Uh, from there, I, I feel like I'm always pretty competitive in those things. Now, like I said, if, if my team loses in the Sweet 16, uh, there's no chance I end up winning. But I, I feel like I always kind of place pretty well. So, Well, now that you've this. got the title starter of Alabama basketball, Alabama basketball playing starter uh, on your resume, I, I don't think they hate you as much anymore. Um, so that's a good thing. You can kind of pat yourself <laughs> on the back there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Britain. The next two episodes are going to be absolutely fire. We're going to talk all about the SEC tournament next week. After this week comes to conclusion, the regular season will be over. It'll be all SEC tournament next week, and the following week will be Selection Sunday. That episode is going to be absolutely wild. We'll figure out where we're going to go. We'll figure out how many loans I need to take to fly to you know, Pasadena or Albany, New York, or wherever. Um, so hopefully I can meet that first tournament game. I've also decided, too, that if Sanford makes a run and wins the SoCon, I will spend every last dime to fly to Fargo, North Dakota, um, to watch Bucky in the first round of the tournament. So maybe Alabama and Sanford, if Sanford wins, their tournament could be at the same site. We'll see. So so question for you, Galloway, and here's here's where we test your fandom here. If If Sanford does make this run, which, you know, who's to say they won't, and we are in a different location, presumably, and we play on the same day. Which, which team are you going to choose? And let's say we're in a we're in a five twelve or four thirteen matchup against a good mid major team for the fun of it. Um, I will say I'll openly confess here. Uh, we all oh, know wow. Hunter Johnson didn't go to didn't didn't go to Pittsburgh uh, when we made the tournament. I guess that was my freshman year, um, but. I didn't go to the tournament last year. Granted, COVID put a spark on things for that first weekend. And I did go to the Sweet 16 game, and then we lost that. I went up with your parents. I did go to the national championship this year in Indianapolis, and we lost that. So I'm never going to that city ever again. Um, I don't know. If it's drivable, I'll try and drive. I might see if I could catch, like, an immediate flight and try and hit both. I obviously don't have that type of money, so we know that's really not going to happen. but if I'm being completely honest, Britain, I've got your wow. last season. I've got yeah. Bucky's maybe only season at Sanford to make the tournament. I mean, who's to say he doesn't make the tournament play well and who knows what happens. Um, 
I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a flip of a coin. You're deflecting so hard. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, I, I am a. I think you're deflecting. A, tells me the answer. I am a PR professional in terms of deflecting questions. So well, I will say with no hesitation that I will be at the Alabama game, uh, 100%, and I'll be 100% locked into the tide. Probably more than most, I would argue. So uh, you're on the team, duh. Yeah. Well, you don't have a choice. What I mean, we're gonna just if I did, leave I'd you, still leave the tide you behind all day, any day. Always choose the tide. Yeah, I mean, Alabama playing in the tournament is like a, a lock at this point. Um, I was I too one of those conceited Alabama fans. You know, we get two years in the tournament. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Take nothing for two, take nothing ago. for granted. Yeah, but I'll yeah, say this: to, not to not to my defense, but to the pure defense of. That first weekend is the greatest television weekend of the entire calendar year. 100%. 100%. I would absolutely put Alabama up on my projector and then pull three TVs <laughs> from my roommate's room and watch other games on the side. Like, yeah, that'd I mean, be I, just as good of an experience because the basketball is that good. It, it definitely is a different experience when you're in it. And obviously, you're locked into your game. And you – I mean, last year was weird with the bubble and all because you see all these teams throughout the week and stuff. And, um, you know, you, you get back to your hotel after playing, you know, I think we played pretty early uh, or mid afternoon against Iona, but there were still the late games and stuff. And you come back and it's like, Oh my gosh, like, looks like Texas is about to lose to Abilene Christian. Like what the heck? And like, just like crazy stuff like that. But I mean, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right from the standpoint of, you know, when, when I'm done playing college basketball, just getting to watch these games all in one sitting it's it's one of the best sporting experiences i think you know march madness is the best uh postseason in any sport so it's no i agree i'm I'm totally unavailable that thursday night and that friday night uh after i get off work of course and then that saturday and sunday i mean you turn on the tv at 11 and you're watching basketball for 12 straight hours it's like nfl red zone but for four days in a row it's unreal so, anyways, I deflected your question, but I'm in full support of the March Madness tournament, um, and I'm excited. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Stu Studeman at Coleman. His Bearcats are in the Final Four this week at the BJCC. If you're listening to this and you're a basketball fan in Birmingham, Alabama, go down to Legacy Arena, check out the talent in the 1A through 7A state Final Four, and then state championships later in the week. I'll be doing PA for 2A games on Monday and then 4A games on Tuesday. I'm really excited about that, Britton. You had a lot of success at the BJCC going 4-0, winning two state championships. Uh, I know you can attest to how great that event is um, as a player and former champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, they put on a great event there. Uh, The AHSA does. I know my couple years, Night ED was all into it. I'm sure they still are. Um, and they're fantastic in working that. Uh, and yeah, it was, I mean, some of my best memories of high school were, were in that building and, and winning two state titles was a phenomenal experience. Uh, unfortunately, my unbeaten streak in that building came to an end this season uh, at the hands of Davidson. But uh, up until then, I had, a, I had a really great record going in that building. So um, yeah, good luck to all the, the teams and the players in the final four in the championship uh coming up throughout the week and uh yeah hope y'all you know 
have the experience that I had. And, and I'll, I'll like say it. too, I got to give a shout out to Tyler Davis. I know we're giving all these shout outs. Mountain Brook fell again um, in Jacksonville State. It was the first time in six years that Mountain Brook fell short of a Final Four. First time in six years that Mountain Brook won't be playing for a state championship. So shout out to Tyler Davis um, and his team for a great year at Mountain Brook. Shout out to Coach Steve Ward, a friend of mine and uh, head coach at Huffman, uh, who will go on to represent the Northeast Regional um, they 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 beat Mountain Brook and they had a had a fantastic game corner three to tie it up with three seconds left. It was absolutely crazy. Uh, Steve Ward is a really good guy, so good luck to his team as well. Hey, this is week seven of uh, seventeen. I'm so sorry, I totally misread that. Uh, week seventeen of the Main Streets Podcast presented by Full Moon Barbecue. I'm William Galloway, and Britain is going to cue us out with the final word. Britain, take it away. Yeah, I would love y'all's support. And uh, in my last home game at Coleman, obviously we celebrated senior uh, night or senior day uh, last this past Saturday, yesterday. But uh, Wednesday will be the last home game for for this team for this season. So we'd love all y'all's support. Like Galloway said, Red Panda will be there. Uh, Let's finish this thing the right way. So roll tight. Have a great week.